responding to criticism on my coronavirus coverage, defending hoarders, yes, I do it, and my big fears for life after the coronavirus. Man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whenever you actually listen to this, this is the show where you come for the accent and you stay for the principles, the love of America, or I don't know what you come for. Maybe you come for the, the Frenchy French accent. I want to start today's show by apologizing. I'm not sure when this is going to be released. Um, Last week was just crazy. Uh, first of all, I was very sick, and I actually still am. I uh, the sad thing about this world is I I've said to a few people, even in work, I'm I'm feeling really crap. I'm I'm sick, and it's like, I have you have you got the virus? No, I have a vomiting bug, and it literally stops me from eating. And and although a lot of people are saying that's a good thing for you, but it's just a really nasty stomach bug, and I just can't get it past it. And also. I worked like 14, 15 hours on Friday. Just this virus is a lot of people are not turning into work or, you know, we've actually had a worker in our company with the virus and it's just been crazy. So because of those two things, I didn't get a recorded show on my normal schedule. So, but this is recorded and we got a lot of things to talk about. And I want to start today's show by been doing something that not a lot of people do in today's world. You definitely don't see many people do this in the media. You don't see many people do this online, and we don't do this in our life. I've always tried to be different. I've always tried and prided myself on to do the best job I can, to get behind this microphone for ever how long it is, in my writings, in my speeches, and to give you the best case I can, and to be truthful, and to be honest, and to be open. I mock myself, you know, if you follow me online, because I believe that's the best way to be. I'm an open book. So I've always led with my mistakes, but I also respond to critics when I get them. And I want to actually talk to you about some of the criticism I've had over the last couple of weeks, because the reason I do this is because I find that a lot of people are, while we're all different and unique, you know, we all do have a similar train of thought at times. And if a couple of people are critical of me, you know, even in a nice way, I'll address it because... If they're having those thoughts, there's a chance some of y'all are having those thoughts. And it's a great way for me to talk to you about it. So what is the criticism I've got over the last couple of weeks? The criticism is, John, for someone who talks about being a constitutional expert, I don't, by the way, but, you know, if you want to call me a constitutional expert, that's on you, not me. I'm the first one to say I'm not an expert. I'm just very passionate. But for someone who's a constitutional expert and for someone who wraps themselves in the Constitution and the love of America and the love of freedom, I've been appalled and highly disappointed at your coverage of this coronavirus and how it has infringed on civil liberties, on civil rights. And you have been silent on this issue. Please explain. Okay, let's talk about this. First off, I think I've been rather consistent when it comes to civil liberties, when it comes to the rights of the individual. I do my best not to share my opinion with you, but to to make the case for freedom each and every week, whether it's on economics, whether it's on the Constitution, whether it's on man, whether it's on nature's law. I believe in this. However, we are living in interesting times. And the truth of why I haven't been railing against the government and railing against everything that's going on in this world, I've tried to highlight the fears I have, is because, and this is going to shock you because you won't hear many people say this, I don't know. I don't have the answers. 
the one thing I find so frustrating about the world we live in today is it seems impossible to break arguments down in more than two cases. There's always two sides. And it's so hard to actually have a discussion where you cannot, you can actually come to a conversation and go, you know what, I don't have an opinion either way. I know I lean towards one way. And if I think, as much as I try my best not to give my personal opinion a lot, I don't, I don't know whether I succeed or fail at this, but when I do my show, I always do it through a lens of, yes, you should get my opinion, but I always try and make it in a present in such a way that I'm sharing the facts with you and trying to encourage you to find your own opinion. But I think it's pretty clear where I stand on the issues. I'm very uncomfortable with all the infringement of rights. I'm very uncomfortable with government and what it is doing in Ireland and Europe and America and around the world. However, the reason I haven't been railing and all oh, the government is bad is because I look at this situation and I don't have the answers. And the reason I don't have the answers is not because I don't have time to research, even though I don't have as much time as I'd like. It's not because I haven't done my own homework. I have. It's because I am conflicted. Now, there are people who will listen to this who are purists and who are like, oh, how can you be conflicted? This, you know, civil liberties, John. But let's have an honest conversation. Can we? I look at this situation and I look at it and I say, I look at both possible arguments. I look at people who, and this is the problem. I don't know who anyone who, it's not because there isn't anybody. I just don't know the medical field that well. I don't have anyone per se that I can go and say, hey, let me talk to me about this coronavirus. Is it as bad as they say? I know people who in the health service and around the world, you know, nurses and doctors who I shared stories about you with beds and all a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, an expert in viruses and how transmitting they are, I don't have that access. I'm not well known enough to have those contacts. So I'm going on the information that you guys have. And I look at it and I see the stats. And I see the stats of how 0.01% of people die because of the flu. And this is between 1% and 3% mortality rate. So it's clearly a lot more dangerous. I see a lot of people saying, well, the difference is with the coronavirus compared to the flu is, you know, you can be asymptomatic for up to 14 days and keep spreading it without knowing you have it. The, the contagion is so much higher. You have systems and you have this virus that is literally a lot more lethal and especially to people with pre-existing conditions. So do I think this is a serious issue? On the information I have read and I have researched, Yes, I do think it's a serious issue. I see that side. I see the side that says we need to do something. I see it and I kind of go, okay, I kind of agree with you. But I also see the side which I am very familiar with, the freedom side, the liberty side, where it says this is not government's job. This is not government's role. I see it from an American point of view where I understand and I rail against it when I say this is not constitutional. Can we actually have the honesty to go, not everything is as cut and dry as everyone likes to make it out to be? Can we actually just say, you know what? I'm conflicted. I lean one way. And if you need to, if you need to know where I lie on this, I'm a leaner on this is not, you know, all this infringement on rights is not a good thing. But here's where I want to take the criticism and turn it around. Because one of the things right now you have in the world, and this has always been the case and it'll always be the case, is you have a battle going on. And we're all on different points on the spectrum of this battle. This battle is the people who believe in ultimate freedom and the people who believe in full control. And then the people in the middle. And it's a battle that goes freedom versus control. Where is the role? What is the role of government? Should there be a government? These are questions we've addressed on this show in the past and we will address it in the future. I believe in the role of government. I am not an anarchist. I believe in your constitution. I believe where government has a place, it should be limited. I believe where government has a role, it should be, and it works best, the closer it is to the people. This is the idea of federalism. But I also understand that famous quote from one of your founding fathers, Ben Franklin, 
Those who will trade liberty for security will get a master and deserve neither. I get that. I know that's a, I haven't quoted that word for word, but I'm paraphrasing. I understand that. I understand the idea of nature's law. I do my best, whether I fail or whether I succeed, I do my best week in and week out to talk to you about those principles. But here's the thing we need to understand. Principles are wonderful things. You know, we should all have a set of principles and we should do our best to abide by them. But we also need to understand that principles are great in theory. But when it comes to reality, it can be slightly different because sometimes certain principles are missing. And one of the principles that is missing in our society right now, whether you live in Ireland, whether you live in England, whether you live in Europe, or whether you live in America, is anyone who wants to talk about freedom always, in my opinion, misses the responsibility. Freedom is 1A. And you can talk about freedom all you want, but you also must understand that when you talk about freedom as 1A, you have a moral obligation, in my opinion, to talk about freedom 1B. And that freedom 1B is called responsibility. Who preaches self-responsibility today? Let me give you the problem in the culture right now. Your culture in Ireland is the same as England as in America. It is so political. We have bought this line, hook, line, and sinker, that we have left and right. That that is the divide in our culture. Oh, you're a lefty. Oh, I'm a righty. And you're right and I'm wrong. The truth is, first of all, historical. That left and right mean absolutely nothing. The history of left and right is a European term, which, first of all, no American should ever use because, you know, Europe is not good. Europe is not what you aspire to be. You aspire to be Americans. But the history of left and right is a European term. And it didn't come down to principles or ideology. It came down to where you sat in Parliament. But also when you understand the diagram of political ideologies, when you have left as in communism and right as fascism, then please explain to me what the difference is. When you look at the ideologies in Ireland and England and in America today, I look at left and right. There is no difference. They all believe in the same core tenets. They just have different policies they want to enact. They just want to spend your money in different ways. That isn't a difference in ideology. That's a difference in policy. You look at left and right in America today. How many people will actually break it down to, you know what? Left and right, there's a difference in actually in how they see government. You know, you look at the ideology in your country and look and think about some of your friends and family. Think about how much you have changed since Ronald Reagan. Where Ronald Reagan said the most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. How many people do you know on both sides of the aisle when it comes to their president and it's their president from their party? They're okay. When it's the other side's president, they freak out. This happens on both sides of the aisle. And if you want proof of this, there's certain companies in prepping and gun sales. Do you remember when Obama was president? All the gun sales were going through the roof because Obama was going to come take your guns. Oh, he was, he was, he hated the Second Amendment. Donald Trump gets into office and all of a sudden there's no record sales and guns anymore. Now that has spiked because of coronavirus. But for the first three years, why not? Because whether you like it or not, Donald Trump was deemed a friend of the Second Amendment. The idea and the principle of and responsibility of the Second Amendment and you having a right to protect yourself shouldn't matter who's president. That's a nature's law. But because your culture is so political, because it's so political, and it is so broken down by my guy good, your guy bad, you're in a point now where if, let's say, everything they said about the coronavirus is true, would they believe it? If Obama said, you know, we're not going to have any of these laws, we're not going to force you into your house, but we're going to advise you stay in your house and don't stay put because this virus will kill a lot of people. 
Does anybody have the self-responsibility to do that? Does anybody have their self-responsibility to do that? Or would it be a case of, well, if Obama said it, the left would do it and the right wouldn't because they wouldn't trust their Barack Obama. And likewise, if Donald Trump said it, the right might do it, but the left wouldn't. I also have people now saying that, you know what, the, this virus is a hoax because it's all, listen to the media. The media are hook, line, and sinker. So now the media, because the media has no credibility, the media are vile, disgusting. The media are some of the worst people to ever live. They lie for a living. They, uh, they literally sit on their keyboards behind screens, behind a protective system. And I've got the First Amendment. I have a right to free press. And literally will, all they literally do is look at what Trump says, tweets, does, or acts. How can we turn this against them? How can we turn this against them? How can we turn this against them? They have so discredited themselves. But just because they have discredited themselves doesn't mean everything they say is wrong. This is not a hoax, in my opinion. This is deadly serious. We have to actually have honest conversations again. We need to start talking about what is important. And we need to remove Donald Trump from the conversation. We need to remove the Democratic Party from the conversation. We need to remove the Republicans from the conversation. We need to start talking about having adult conversations. About what is right. About looking at this coronavirus. And let the facts fall where they may. If it's a case this is a hoax, then let's call it a hoax. If it's a case it's serious, let's call it serious. But how do you fix it? What are the solutions? How can we overcome this? How can we talk about freedom, but also our responsibility? Because I don't know about you, I see the emotional side of what's going on. I've read some articles, actually quite a few articles this week, where nurses and doctors in the ER are at breaking point. Can you have any compassion for them? Can you understand how they would be really annoyed where they literally are seeing people dying because of this, where their intensive care units are overrun, where you have situations where people are dying in the most tragic situations, where people are dying because of this coronavirus and because in certain places it's so toxic that they can't have anyone around them. There was a heartbreaking story this week of a nurse who literally had an elderly person die from this coronavirus. And because no one could be near her, she literally got her phone and FaceTimed her granddaughter to say goodbye. Can you understand how people would be a bit upset? How that is emotional? How that is a big problem? And then when you have people running around going, oh, this is only a hoax. This is only a way to get Donald Trump. Where people would just be outraged and go, just shut up. I've just had that situation. I've had to help that person. I've had to watch that person die. And you're going talking about it's a hoax to get Donald Trump. We have a responsibility, and I want to talk to you later on in the show, and I will talk to you about the Constitution, because I have some fears with this coronavirus. And since people are thinking I'm okay with all these quarantines and all this power of government, if you think I am even remotely okay with it, then I would ask you to listen on to later on in this show, because I want to talk to you about some fears, and I want to talk to you about what I'm going to do next week, because we have a special coming up. But can we actually admit... And we actually have the integrity to go, you know what? I'm conflicted. Or is that just taboo in today's world? Because that's what I am. And I actually believe there's a lot of people who, they might not admit this online. They might not want to, you know, admit this in certain circles. But I think there's a lot of people out there who are also conflicted. That they see both sides and they don't, cannot say 100% what is the answer. They might lean one way or the other. But until we actually accept that people can be conflicted, until we actually accept that people don't always have the answer. Because here's the truth. You know, a lot of people ask me about, because I'm very down on the media, and I always am down on the right side of our media. And people always go, well, who, who are you down against? Who do you not like right now? And I don't name names because it's irrelevant who I'm down on. But you know what the problem with this industry is? In many ways, the problem in this industry is the exact same problem people like me have in dating. What is, wow, 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 what a curveball that is. What, what have those two things got in common? People like me 
who are generally quiet, humble, not confident. In this world, women love confident guys. And people like me who are not confident will never get the girl. That's just a fact of life. But in this world, the people who get listened to are generally the people who are so absolutely sure of themselves, even if they're wrong. This media right now, and it is the same fundamental principles, whether it is left or right, they are so sure 100% of the time that either Donald Trump is right or Donald Trump is wrong, or the left is wrong and the right is right, or vice versa. We are dealing with a point where everyone knows everything. You know what's funny? We live in a world where everyone is a self-described genius. Yet we can't understand the fundamental principles of nature's law and nature's God. You look at the things we are capable of. But yet, your founders had a quote where they talked about self-evident truths. They spoke about whether you agreed with it or disagreed with it. They spoke about the self-evident truth of the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Name one self-evident truth today. You can't do it. Yet we are living in an era of geniuses. Maybe we need a bit more humility. Or dare I say it, because it's not popular to say in 2020. Maybe, just maybe, Americans and this world need to be a bit more like George Washington. Before we continue, I just want to level with you about a couple of things. One next week, we're doing a, a I'm, I'm doing a special show, and it will be out on Saturday at twelve noon Eastern. I would encourage you to don't miss this show um, because I'm going to talk to you about the impacts of what your federal government and what your Federal Reserve is doing that will actually cause so many problems down the road that will affect every American because of this coronavirus. But secondly, there's a show note which I need to talk to you about just briefly without boring you with the behind the scene details. This show is independent. I come before you. I'm a one man band. Whether you like me or hate me, whether you love what I say or agree or disagree, I'm a one guy. I'm a one man band. I do this show. I do all the show prep. A person, I record the show by myself. Someone in the blaze um, edits it, puts it all together and then releases it. While the show is independent, it is still under the Blaze Media, and it, I am the Blaze are making some changes behind the scenes. And you might start seeing this on different shows if you listen to other podcasts, which you can find at theblaze.com/podcasts. Is one of the things they're changing is no show can go over forty-five minutes going forward. So going forward, every week this show will be forty-five minutes or less. I'm going to make it the best forty-five minutes that I humanly can. But in case you start seeing the shows go down and they're 45 minutes or 40 minutes, depending on how long, and you're thinking I'm less interested, or you think I'm, you know, phoning it in because there used to be an hour, an hour and a half of deep discussion, there's still going to be deep discussions, but they're going to be less than 45 minutes. It isn't a me thing. It's a decision the Blaze has made, and I'm going to respect their decisions because I am so honored to, to be able to talk to you each and every week. And I'm just going to make the show, I'm going to use the time to make the show better. And I'm also going to start writing a lot more. I just need to find time when this coronavirus goes away. I want to talk to you about what's going on in your culture. And this is happening around the world. You know, everything I talk about, I always try and boil back down to a principle. And one of the core principles we need to understand about life is how do we treat people? What is the aim to and how we treat people? Should we make people independent or dependent? I think we spoke about this on last week's show, or maybe it was the week before. It's a scriptural verse. It all boils down to this question. Do you teach a man how to fish, or do you give a man how to fish? Right now, this world is so filled with, oh, well, the compassionate position is, we're going to give a man a fish. I don't believe that's compassion. I believe the real compassion is let's teach a man how to fish. Let's teach a woman how to fish. Let's teach people to be independent, to be self-sufficient. But in core of that, when you have ideologies, is that isn't really the question. The question is, should people be independent or should everyone be equally the same? What you're seeing right now in the media, and the media are so disgusting right now, 
I love how people over the years have, you know, thought I've defended the media when I've said I'm very uncomfortable with Donald Trump calling them fake news. I despise the media. Like, I literally, if you said to me, name one industry you would never have anything to do with, it would be the media. I find them disgusting. And I say that on both sides, by the way. They are just, oh my God, I just don't know how they do what they do. I, I, I don't know how they look at themselves in the mirror. But I have seen this constant line right now, and it's in England, and it's in around Europe, and it's around America. This attack on, oh, you're a hoarder. First off, let's break this down, because I want to talk to you about a situation that happened in America, which I find so troubling. And what makes me even more troubled about it is the little outrage it's caused. This attack on hoarders. What is your responsibility as a family, as an individual? What is your responsibility to your fellow man to be independent, right? I know I'm going to say something that, you know, you're not supposed to say in 2020, but what is the responsibility of a man? Oh, well, well, you can't say that. Men, men, men don't have any responsibility. Yes, we do. Just because the world says right now you don't have a responsibility, you do. You have a responsibility to look after those closest to you. You have a responsibility, whether you're a man or a woman, to look after your family and to be independent. And if you think there's going to be a shortage of something, you got to look after yourself. You also got to look after your community. You got to look after your neighbors, look after all the people around you. This isn't the case of when the coronavirus comes, you should start prepping. This isn't the case where you think, oh my God, there's a hurricane. Let's go buy a load of stuff. Let's be prepared. No, this is a fundamental principle that should be obeyed 365 every year, 24-7. 365 days a year or 366 this year you should be prepared you're seeing an attack on hoarders but one of the things this there's a case that happened in your country right this week and i found this oh my god i when i read this story i just went i can't believe this is america the country that talks about freedom had this happen it's a case from tennessee And let me present the case to you the way the media is presenting and people who have an agenda are presenting it. There was a man. He was an evil man. He was a greedy man. He was a hoarder. He was one of the spies. You know what? On the Mount Rushmore of bad people, there is Hitler. There is... I don't know who else they put in because they defend Shea. They defend Cuba. They don't talk about China. They actually share Chinese talking points right now, which is another thing that's going on in your country. But think of all the bad people. Hitler's universally bad and hated. I would say Stalin. I would say Mao. But the media would put this gentleman on, on literally on the same terms as Hitler. What was this man's crime? He went out and had the audacity to see, you know what? There might be a shortage of things coming. I might, you know, I'm going to buy a load of stuff. I'm actually going to buy 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer because I think there might be a demand for us. And then when things get kicked off, I'm going to start selling it to people. How evil can you be? Oh my God, how dare someone take their own hard-earned money, buy something, and then seek to sell it for a profit? Oh my God! But this happened. Amazon, he was selling the products on Amazon. Amazon kicked them off. I don't have a problem with Amazon in this story. I've always been a case of, it's your platform, you own it, you have a right to run your platform how you like, even if I don't like it. Amazon has a right to say, you know what, I don't like what you're doing. Hey, you know, selling that bottle for 400% profit, don't like it, off. Fair enough. What I do have a problem with is, the AG in Tennessee, after he sold 3,000 bottles and got kicked off Amazon, the AG forced this man to donate 14,700 bottles of sanitizer to charity because he was price gouging. Let's talk about this for a minute, shall we? Because one of the things that you see when you actually believe in freedom is you're going to defend a lot of people you don't like. You're going to defend a lot of people who you're like, do you really have to defend this guy? Yes. First off, just a little rant. I cannot stand this term price gouging. I cannot stand it because everyone price gouges. Let me give you an example. You know what price gouging is? Using the example, you know, using the terminology they use. Do you know what's the definition of price gouging? If you bought Tesla stocks about six months ago or a year ago and you sold them today, 
You make a lot of money. No one ever has a problem with that. You buy anything. You bought Apple stocks, Amazon stocks, Google stocks before the tech boom, and you sold them today. You're making a hundred, you know, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand percent profit. Does anyone have a problem with that? But also, I'm just on another rant, on a side note. This idea of price gouging really pisses me off. Because the government price gouges you anytime it wants by forcing the TSA to be in every airport and to stop you carrying a bottle of water or a drink through security. And then forcing you for people like me who actually need to constantly hydrate because if we don't, we'll collapse. I need to constantly drink water. I then, because I can't go through TSA in America or in Ireland or in Europe when I go fly, I can't bring a bottle of water through, even though I have a medical condition. Yet when I go through, I got to pay four bucks for a bottle of water. No one's, no one's silent on that. And the reason that's four bucks is because of supply and demand. Because the TSA say, you can't bring that bottle of water. If you could bring a bottle of water, do you think the bottle of water behind the TSA would be four bucks? Not a chance. Price gouging is everywhere. You as a person have a fundamental right to go, do you pay it or do you not? That's a little side rant. But I want to talk to you about some fundamental principles here. Do you have the right to free choice? Do you have a fundamental right to go, hey, I need to buy that. I can either pay it or not. We all have these things in this life. You know, if I if I said to you, you know, hey, I have an iPad, do you want to buy it? Your first question is probably going to be, how much? Now, if I say I have a, I think I have an iPad Air 1. If I say to you, $1,000, you're going to go, hell no. Go, go jump off a cliff. I can buy a new one for like half of that. Okay, cool. Then you're not buying it. If I said to you, 20 bucks, you'd probably go, yeah, okay, cool, 20 bucks. We all have the right to free choice. The second right, do we have a right to own stuff? Do we have a right to fundamentally go, hey, this is private ownership. Hey, if I want to buy 17,000 bottles and people are willing to sell it to me, and then I go on to go on and resell them, that is my right. Do we have that fundamental right? Honest question, do we? But here's where I want to take it in a total different direction. I want to explain to you, and I can't believe I have to make these arguments. This shows you how economically illiterate so many people are. Or maybe it's not that they're economically illiterate. It's a case of they just are so biased and so agenda-driven that they want to cause moral outrage. The idea of a supply chain. Whether you like it or not, these people who seek to buy these things, these products, who want to sell them later, generally increase the supply chain. And generally make products available where if they didn't do what they did, there wouldn't be any products available. Let me explain something to you. Person in Tennessee, let's use these examples. America, and I don't know what the actual numbers are, I don't have the stale stats, but let's say, on average, America needs a million bottles of hand sanitizer a year, or let's say in a month, right? And this guy in Tennessee says, I I think, you know, this coronavirus is going to kick off. I think the sales of this hand sanitizer is going to spike. And I'm going to buy some. I'm going to make myself a quick book. Okay. You may not like what he does, but the supply chain economics do not lie. The idea of supply chain and understanding supply and demand don't change. Now, when he goes and buys those 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer in Tennessee in December, January time, what happens? He goes into a store. Let's say I'm going to make this as local as I can to make it as simple for everyone to understand goes into his local Walmart and let's say he says, hey, I need all the hand sanitizer you got. And let's say, for example, I'm going to keep the numbers real simple. There's a thousand bottles there. And he goes, I'll take all a thousand of them. He fills up his trolley. He leaves. What happens in Walmart? Walmart then, maybe Walmart, I don't know how Walmart works, but generally over here in stores, we have computerized systems. And generally a system has, hey, we have a thousand bottles and then a sale comes and it goes through at the checkout and there's money paid. Then it says, well, now we've 999. Someone buys five, you've 994. And then it flags it up when it, they usually have these levels of, hey, when it gets below 500, we need to order more. So this spy guy goes in and buys a thousand bottles of hand sanitizer. The system inside says, now we have zero. A red flag goes off and then they buy it. 
But because he buys it in December, Walmart just buys another thousand bottles. And let's say he goes in the next week and says, hey, did you ever get more hand sanitizer? Oh, yeah, yeah we got another 2,000. Cool, I'll take them. And then he takes the 2,000. And then again, another alert goes off because it's now back at zero. Hey, we need to order more hand sanitizer. And because it's December, January time, and there's not a peak supply yet, or a peak demand for it, the hand sanitizer keeps coming in. Keeps coming in, and he keeps going buying in other stores. Because there's still an excess of supply. There's still some in warehouses, whether it's in Walmart's warehouses, or whether it's in the supplier's warehouse, or in a wholesaler's warehouse. There is still more supply than we need. Yet this guy is hoarding a 1,000 bottles or 17,000 bottles, 700 is what he had. And he's hoarding it in that area. If that guy didn't do it, what would happen? That Walmart store that he would have went into would have had a 1,000 bottles. Would have had a 1,000 bottles in December, a 1,000 bottles in January, a 1,000 bottles in February. And then something happens and it spikes. And everyone's buying hand sanitizer. And then guess what happens? Because of everyone buying it, there's now none left so anyone in tennessee who's near this guy needs hand sanitizer cannot get it but because that guy was actually allowed through his own ingenuity and with his own money to say hey i'm gonna go buy it there might be a demand for this product those people who are now in tennessee who can't get hand sanitizer because of this guy's decision to do what he did can now get it the question then becomes do they want to pay his prices but again This isn't price gouging. Let's say he buys a bottle of hand sanitizer for a dollar. And he's decided, I'm going to sell it for 10. The laws of supply and demand kick in. If people said, you know what? No. Same way with my iPad. No, I'm not paying $10 for that. And enough people say that. Guess what's going to happen? He's going to sit there going to go, well, I've got 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. I need to sell them. And no one's buying them at 10 bucks. I'll make them nine. I'll make them eight. Until enough people then say, yeah, I'm actually, I'm willing to pay eight. I'm willing to pay seven. I'm willing to pay six or whatever it is. Or maybe buy, you know, $8 each or three for 20. Cool. Great. I'll buy them. But because of this guy's decision to do what he's done, Tennessee and around the world had hand sanitizer when, and for sale when other countries, companies didn't. I can't believe we are so economically illiterate that we have to defend price gouging on this show or explain why that this, what this guy did, what this guy did actually made hand sanitizer available. The decision to take this products off this man and fake him, give it to charity, I can't, I, I would be shocked and disgusted if this happened in Ireland. The fact this happened in America, the land where you have a God given right to pursue your happiness, the country that is built on the idea of free markets, should sicken you. But the other thing is, this is why you should take every warning I say seriously. Because I know there are people who are listening and kind of go, they wouldn't, John, I wouldn't be shocked that this happened in liberal California or San Francisco or New York or Chicago. The last time I checked, Tennessee, you know, Tennessee isn't a liberal bastion. It isn't a stronghold for Democrats. Now that's Republican territory, baby. And guess what happened? In Republican territory... This man lost his possessions. If that doesn't outrage you, I don't know what will. So now to the people who are, where's the John that rails against the government? Where's where's the John who literally goes crazy at the sight of government doing something? Well, guess what? He just showed up. He has always been here, but you know this is the part of the show you like. Next week, I, I want to just say it again. Next week is a... Please don't miss next week's show. And please share every show with your friends. Next week's show is a special. The What your government has done... And this is not a unique thing to Donald Trump or to America. But what your government has done last week... And the Federal Reserve has done last week. And it's happened around Ireland, Europe, and England, everywhere. This will live on way past this COVID-19. Sorry, I'm, actually, I hate that name. This will live on long past the coronavirus. And this will affect everyone. And it is not in a good way. So please don't miss next week's show. But I want to share with you a couple of fears. One of the fears I have, and I'm going to speak to you just from the heart, is what your government is doing. If you are a lover of freedom 
And this is a message that no one ever likes delivering and no one ever likes hearing. If you truly believe in any aspect of America, the idea, the idea your founders fought and died for, you have no friends or very few friends in government. It's not the left who are the enemies of freedom, it's the left and right. There are a handful of individuals, a very small handful. But one of the things that you learn when you've been around politics is, one, you learn that politics is all a stage show. Oh, I hate this person on the left or the right, they suck, and they get in front of the media and they get all outraged, and you're like, wow, he really railed against her or him. And then behind the scenes, they're all chummy. It's all a big game. You take your pound of flesh. The other thing you learn about politics, and again, this is an American thing. This is a worldwide thing. This happens in Ireland and England because you just need to know what to look for. And it's all a magic trick. You know, a magic trick is wonderful. I love magic. And I love magic when it's done really well because the key to understanding magic is to always look at what the other hand is doing. So if a person has a smoker, he flicks his fingers, or he's trying to get you to think, look left or look right or look up or look down, that's not where you're supposed to be looking. He's trying to divert your attention. Always look at what the other hand is doing. This week, your government has been doing a lot of magic tricks. A lot of magic tricks. Because of coronavirus. So everyone is talking about coronavirus. Is Trump doing a good job? Is Trump doing a bad job? Oh my God, Trump is so racist. He called it, he called it the Chinese flu. He's such a... Oh my God, can you feel the racial overtones in this man? This man cannot speak without being a racist. Oh my God. Is that convincing? Is, is that what you've heard all week? Yet, while everyone is focused on the coronavirus, it's amazing what your government does behind the scenes. And I want to talk to you about two things that your government is talking about right now. And one's an old battle, and it's a pet peeve of mine, and it really ticks me off. First off, Pfizer's up for renewal. Pfizer, the Patriot Act, baby. It's March 2020. It's 19 years after September 11th. And the idea of saying to your government that you have a Fourth Amendment right to be secure in your persons, in your papers, and in your private place. And the idea to say to the government, if you need to spy on someone, if you think someone has done something wrong for terrorism or any other related case, get a warrant. It is still so hard for people to say this. Pfizer's up for renewal. And people are calling on Donald Trump to veto it. I don't get involved in your politics because it's not my place. But by God, I hope he does. I don't care what reason he decides to veto this policy, this bill. Pfizer is a disgrace. It is a stain on your history. It is a stain on your legacy. And it is a stain on what your founding fathers stood for. Pfizer's up for renewal. Everyone's talking about Corona. How many people were watching people like Thomas Massey rail against Pfizer? This time, Thomas Massey actually got to rail against Pfizer and the abuse of the Fourth Amendment on the floor of the House without being called un-American, without being called unpatriotic, because everyone wants to talk about the coronavirus, because nothing else matters. Now is the time to actually, if you want to get involved in politics and help defend your constitution... Get in touch with Donald Trump and say, veto this bill. It is that bad. But secondly, this week there were discussions with the Department of Justice. Where they now want more powers because of this emergency. They want to detain people indefinitely without a trial during emergencies. During this emergency that is coronavirus. First off, let me give you the facts and figures. You know, this national emergency... In your country, it's it's a it's a unique term that not a lot of other countries have because we do obviously have the term emergency and national emergency. But when you say national emergency in America, it just doesn't mean an emergency. It means more powers to the government. Just give me let me give you some stats for you. Since the National Emergencies Act, there's been 61 emergencies in your country. 61. Only 27 of those powers have expired. Right now in your country, you have 34 emergencies. 
You have one going all the way back to 1979 under Jimmy Carter and Iran. Now let me repeat what the Department of Justice is discussing this week. You can detain people indefinitely without a trial during emergencies. Really? You want to talk about powers? You want to talk about government being bad? You can talk about coronavirus being good or bad, being really a fear, being a hoax, all you want. What's your government doing behind the scenes? I don't care whether it's Donald Trump, Republicans or Democrats. Is this a good idea? Do you have a right to detain someone indefinitely? And do you have someone a right to detain someone without a trial? Does someone have a right to due process? Does someone have a right to a fair and speedy trial? Does someone have a right to present their defense? Does someone have a right to understand the accusations that are made against them? Does someone have a right to face their accusers? These are some rights that are in your Bill of Rights. In case you're wondering where I got these, I'm just not saying these things. These are not just random words that, oh my God, I think these, this is what this violates. No, these are in your Constitution and your Bill of Rights. These, this is what terrifies me. This terrifies me. That regardless of who has power, those reins of power, who's in presidency, who's in the White House, who's in Congress, never let a good disaster go to waste. This is something you should all research and something you should be very concerned about. And for those people who say, I got nothing to hide, I'm doing nothing wrong. You want to bet? You really want to bet in this political world? You want to take that bet? Yeah, you may not be doing anything wrong. and You may be comfortable with Donald Trump as, as president. But would you be comfortable with Joe Biden as president? Which is also ironic, because to my friends on the left, I would say this. To everyone, what's funny and so pathetic and sad to someone like me is, for everyone, for the last three years, I've heard, oh my God, Donald Trump is a dictator. Donald Trump is, Donald Trump is like Hitler. I even heard a George Soros talking boy on CNN, I think it was, saying, oh, he's worse than King Jong-un. Yet you're all looking for the government to now shut down everything. Trump is not doing enough. He's not He's not taking this virus seriously. Which way is it? Is it civil liberties is it, or is it presidential power? So watch what your government is doing. We'll be talking about more about these in the next coming weeks. But I want to finish off the show by talking to you about my big fear. My big fear is this. I've watched how people in America have adapted. I've watched how people in my country have adapted and in Europe. And how easily... We have gone by with the government saying, you know, you have to live this way. And how easily we have adapted to this virus. How easily we have just changed our lives upside down. And there's been so little debate. There's been so little pushback. There's been so little discussion. But also what really frightens me is, there's been no deadlines. There's been no deadlines. If even if you went and made the case to me, which I, I would listen to if you said, look, we need to you know, violate your human rights because of this coronavirus. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to limit it to 30 days. You, ha- you can't go out. We're asking you to stay at home. You can't go out. We're shutting down business. But we're going to st- shut it down till the 31st of March. Okay? And then we'll rediscuss it. Because it's the good because people will die. I'd listen to it. I don't know how, depending on the situation, but I would listen to you. But this indefinite thing, you're hearing people say a week, you're seeing people a month. There are people saying until next summer. And people are just going and by by this. In fact, what's really troubling me, which actually has me genuinely terrified, is that people are now saying that, well, this is the new normal. Really? This is the new normal? Regardless of whether the coronavirus is around, this is just the new normal. You want to know what's going on right now? The idea of nature's law and nature's God has been erased from history by both sides. The idea of a constitutional limited government has been erased by both sides. The idea of man's greatest experiment has been erased by both sides. The question is, will you go along with it? Will you comply? Will you be a voice that shares the principles? I'm not here to fearmonger you. I'm not here to get you terrified and so terrified that you won't even leave your house and that you literally want to crawl up in a ball and cry. I'm not saying this to make you afraid. I'm saying this, and I hope you hear these words, not as this, that, but as this. This is a rallying cry. We have to get through this coronavirus. 
But the minute this coronavirus is defeated, we have to have conversations about government. We must have conversations about what is going on in our world. We need to start talking, not about left and right talking points, but about understanding man is inherently meant to be free. That man has free choice. That man, as an individual, is sovereign. And for all those haters out there who like to twist words, when I say man is sovereign, I don't just mean men as in, ooh, I have a penis. No, I mean man, as in mankind, as in man, women, children, even those who identify as gay or lesbian or straight or transitioning or as a man or as a woman or as I don't know or whatever other alphabet soup there is of genders, 96 or 102 or maybe we're at a billion genders. I don't know yet. I mean mankind. Man is inherently meant to be free. We cannot lose these principles. We cannot lose why America changed the world. We cannot lose the idea that is America. I don't know how long I'm going to be around for or what my future is, but I can tell you this. It will take me to die for me to stop sharing these principles. Because these principles changed the world before. And they changed the world again. We need to have a rallying cry. For anyone who believes in freedom. To make the case. You wanted to get ready for sharing a message of freedom. Your time is now. Now is the time you need to be activated. And ready to share a message that is devoid of political Opinion, devoid of Donald Trump, devoid of Democrats, devoid of Republicans, and based solely on the principles of nature's law and nature's God. Just to finish up, one last thing. I started a new page. I'm not trying to convert you to Jesus or anyone else. But I set up a page on Facebook, daily prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving. I'd ask you to like it. If you have a request for yourself, for your family, for someone who's suffering... Please leave it on, send me a message. We'll share it and we'll get people to pray for you. We're going to build a community. Because I'm not again, I'm not trying to convert you to Christianity. But I believe now is a time we need to humble ourselves. And beg for forgiveness. And beg for guidance. And yes, beg for divine providence. Because as bad as things are right now, and yes they may be bad. There is always hope. And that hope always comes from the same place as it always does. Whether things are good, whether things are bad, or whether things are eh. That hope always comes from the one place. And we're going to do our best to keep sharing it. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, please share this show with your family and your friends. Subscribe on all platforms, whatever we're on, whatever you listen on. But we salute your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets. And especially right now, we salute the farmers the people who are in transport, who are feeding everyone, despite all of this. And we especially salute all the doctors and nurses who are working 12, 14, 16 hour shifts to save people, to help people, to give people help and to serve them and to be there for them. And lastly, I salute you, the great American people. Never forget America is great because Americans are good. That means each and every one of you. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. Have a great week. versus freebies this is freedom's disciple with jonathan dunn on the blaze radio network